oh, here comes Deeks and Quicks. Even that you pass with a pod. Cast, uh oh. <laughs> Break it down, uh oh. Get it in your ears now, fast. Quicks, Deeks, Cast, Pods. Uh. Welcome back to Two in the Basement, a Dead by Daylight podcast. This week, I get to talk to an amazing content creator and friend of mine, Valaris. We will talk all about Val's streaming journey, Dead by Daylight experience, and explore the unwritten survivor and killer rulebook that exists for this game. Of course, we will talk about the Weekly Shrine, and also get a spicy hint for Val's upcoming Valoine cosplays. Val, did you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Hi! Um, I am Valaris. I'm a full-time Dead by Daylight streamer uh, from Australia as well. Um, and I predominantly play... Uh, I It used to be Survivor, but more recently, I think I've kind of taken a, uh, a dive into more of the killer side of things. But I would still say it's a pretty, pretty even... Uh, a pretty even mix of both, I think. But I did start out on PlayStation and I jumped over to PC uh, probably around six, seven months ago now. And I pretty much only play on PC now. Well, it's amazing to have you. I actually didn't know that you started it like you were Survivor and Killer. I pretty much have been watching you, not since you've only been playing Killer, but since you mainly played Killer. I know you love Billy. So that was pretty much what I've <laughs> what I've experienced with your um, your streaming stuff. I don't don't really see the the survive side. Um, only a couple of games here and there. So that's interesting news to me. I've already learned something today, and we're <laughs> one minute into recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I've I've kind of I've kind of taken more of a liking to Killer uh, recently. But when I just need to just like relax a little bit, I'll just jump back to Survivor because it's a lot easier to. To just kind of chill out a bit with Survivor and just kind of just it's more like muscle memory with Survivor now that you can just kind of run around do gens find some totems. It um, is it's autopilot, isn't it? That's <laughs> Where it. Yeah. You just flick the switch and you go, okay, well the game will run itself, and uh, I'll download the latest update of running DVD doing gens and totems, and uh, <laughs> I can talk to chat or I can just chill out, listen to music, or you know, exactly. just, just relax. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Now, with streaming, uh, you said, obviously, you're a full-time content creator now. Uh, That wasn't always the case. You were uh, working and streaming, and you did start streaming, I think, in January of last year. So, relatively, um, I mean, in in Twitch time, you would say that that's quite new to streaming. Uh, What got you kind of into starting uh, everything? Um, so my first ever stream was just a couple of days before the January of last year. So it ended up being the 27th of December, um, of 2019. So pretty much January, 2020 anyway. Um, but I had started playing DVD, um, a little bit before that. Um, and I'd been playing like on and off since release, but I was always just playing solo and I didn't really like focus too much on, um, on like builds and, and, and all the fun stuff and like really getting into the, the nitty gritty of Dead by Daylight. I was just kind of playing because it was, it's, it's a horror game, a horror asymmetrical horror game. How could I not? (laughs) Um, and I didn't really have, um, like any friends in real life that were playing, um, Dead by Daylight or anything like that. So I was like, Hey, why don't I try streaming and see, I don't know, see if anyone wants to, wants to hang out, wants to play as well. And yeah, then it just kind of it kind of went from there, and I I don't I don't know why I kind of went with Dead by Daylight, but I do not regret it 
because it's the it's the only game I'm like somewhat okay at. <laughs> Everything else is just kind of hit and miss. I was, <laughs> but it's been it's been I, uh, so much fun. I doubt that though. I feel like you're a you're a gamer. I've watched you play Resident Evil. I've watched you play some other <laughs> games. You're always tearing tearing the zombies apart. Try but, to. So, <laughs> I think that starting out streaming for that reason is like one of the most purest forms of wanting to start streaming. Just wanting to share your gaming with other people and hoping that maybe there's some other people that want to even join in with you and play. It's the exact reason why I started when I started streaming Fortnite. It was, you know, I was playing this game anyway and I was like, hey, look, I might find some other people who come by the stream or run into me in game. If I have like Twitch in my name or something, they might come by and uh, be like, hey, you did really well. Or, you know, I've been having bad games. You want to play some games? And I met heaps of cool people. And I'm as I'm sure you have, uh, through your time streaming where you actually play games. I play a lot of DVD offline yeah. uh, and I play with those same people that I've, that I've met on stream. I get to play with them off stream and just kind of like chill out and, you know, do discord or just, you know, um, play some games or, uh, you know, play things other than dead by day as well. Like consider those people actually friends. So exactly. it's a really cool, uh, really cool and pure way to get into streaming. There's no other, you know, there's not no, nothing wrong with having, you know, goals and things for wanting to do, uh, things for different reasons, but yeah, I, I really love that you've uh, that that was just your reason. You were just like, I want I want to find people to play games with. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, street, I, if I put myself out on the the big wide web, then surely I'll uh, I'll catch some people that are that are in the same boat. So that's um, it. Yeah, I I couldn't not. It was it just seems so like uh like it was just going to be so much fun too, and it has been. Um, but I I didn't really like dive into like the YouTube DVD world until, um, Ooh, when would that be? I don't know. I I kind of missed out on, on everything DVD on YouTube for a long while. I don't know why I never really made the the correlation of like looking for. In terms of watching DVD on YouTube or yeah. Okay. Yeah. The first thing I kind of went to was Twitch and it was really the first thing I had ever watched on Twitch as well was Dead by Daylight. And it was the one thing I kept coming back to as well which yep. i think was a was a sure sign that i loved the game because I, I was just always like okay this stream is on and i need to go see how their games are going and how they're yep, doing yep. and everything <laughs> whereas like for for some other games and stuff it was always like storyline based games that i would like watch um watch people play it and then see what they were playing next and that kind of thing but dvd was the one thing that was like i wonder what builds they're going to use and i wonder you know i wonder what's coming out next and, and that kind of thing yeah exactly and it was always a new character or a new ability or something, especially since you've been playing back from the start or, you know, relatively close to when the game came out. I've only been playing for less than two years. So we've got vastly different, uh, you know, memories of the game from how it was back then. I wish I could teleport back then and play back then, even though it was a super broken game. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to see all the, the broken aspects and everything. But it's quite funny that you actually were in the Twitch side of it so much when I was actually in the YouTube side of it wow, like way more cool. when I first discovered the game. So I actually discovered uh, Dead by Daylight through um, through Battle Mick. You obviously oh, you yep. both know Battle Mick. Yep. Uh, so I was watching Battle Mick since uh, he was like a five-viewer streamer playing Rocket League. Uh, and I loved, I loved him. I loved everything about him. And he started playing Dead by Daylight. And I was like, hmm, uh, what's this game? Seems kind of interesting. So I watched a little bit. Didn't really take to it that much. But then I pretty much discovered like true talent on YouTube and all of his stuff. I would just, I was obsessed. <laughs> I was just watching every <laughs> upload. 
um, every video. I wasn't really watching Twitch that much at that point. I think Mick was like one of the first people I consistently started watching. So yeah. once I realized that, hey, these same people that are on YouTube are actually doing live stuff on Twitch as well, that's when I kind of like fell into that Twitch world. And now I 100% watch Twitch more than anything, more than TV, more than yep. Netflix, more than Me YouTube. Too. <laughs> uh, it's it's the new TV. We I say this all the time, uh, both, you know, in real life and on stream and wherever I can really that we just we don't even need TV with our generation anymore Absolutely. it's literally Twitch is Twitch is that channel and uh, there's a reason they call it Twitch channels because it's like a you're you're hosting a TV show every night exactly is amazing because speaking of I guess you know a Twitch channel and, and successful Twitch channels you managed to get partner in uh, just well I would not yeah a little bit over a year so that's a really incredible feat. I had uh, Jelly Oddy, a uh, UK streamer, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she was also someone that had started streaming kind of around the same time as you and also got partner a couple of months ago. So uh, it's really, really cool to see people be able to start Twitch even. So I think Twitch has been around for like seven years or something now, like yeah, being called Twitch, not Justin TV like it used to be yeah. called. Um, <laughs> Back in the and day. To the fact that people can still go from, you know, just being a, a new streamer to affiliate to, to blazing through uh, everything and getting to partner. What's that journey been like for you? Have you just played DVD? I know that you do a little bit of variety. Uh, obviously, you love horror games. So what's yes. that been like for you? Oh, thank you. Um, it has been a lot of fun. I didn't expect... Um, I, I never expected to reach partner, so that was even to this day. It's, it still blows my mind yeah. that I've that 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 I've even hit that because I didn't, I never expected to <laughs> at all. Um, I was I was shocked to even hit affiliate um, back in January of last year. I I just didn't see it coming at all. I think we all are, aren't we? When we when yeah. we hit that, we're like, oh, okay. This is this is happening. Yep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's been a lot of fun. I started doing um variety more so in October of last year, kind of like leading up to Halloween and that. Um yep. and that or was Halloween, like, which Halloween. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um and that was like through playing Phasmo and um I started Visage and I tried to play Five Nights at Freddy's and yeeted out of that very quickly. Um <laughs> Um, so that was kind of the start of me playing variety, but I never really incorporated it into like a set day. Um, I think it was kind of the start of the year, um, maybe around February of this year, which I think it was when I played at Dead of Night. Um, okay, yep. And then I just I just enjoyed having that one day um, that was going to be like a different game other than Dead by Daylight. Um, so I've have I have Dead by Daylight on the other the other days that I stream, but um, just like a variety game. So that way we can work through like different storyline based games and, and things like that. And I think yeah, like, break the, it off a bit. That's it. Yeah. It was also, um, the last of us part two, I think, um, that came out mid last year. That was one of the yeah. first that kind of was like, Hey, this is really cool to play storyline based games and hang out with the community and stuff. So it's been... And having people still there is like the, the huge thing when you do yes. change from that main game to, a story-based game, it's very different to create content on a story-based game where you're just kind of reacting to uh, what's happening in the game that's very linear, but when you play Dead by Daylight, you know, you can create your own 
exactly. kind of fun and, and content. So um, was it always the plan, I guess, to kind of, did you have a plan in, in general when you started, you know, gaining a community and everything or, you know, having those people coming back? Was it something where you're like, okay, Dead by Daylight works, like I'm just going to keep streaming this game or was it simply it's just pure fun so I'm just going to stream whatever's fun to me? Um, a bit of both, honestly. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that I ever wrote off like also doing some variety, um, yeah. but I wasn't, I, I never really uh, started streaming with a plan in mind to go, okay, one, one day a week I will end up doing variety. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of ended up happening, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it was through like doing Valloween and stuff last year and um, and then playing like other horror games and that, that especially like Resident Evil, ones that I'd put off playing for years for some unknown reason. <laughs> I'm like, why, why, why have I not played these games? They're so much fun. And then, yeah, it just kind of kind of kept going from there to see um, to see it like be be received so so positively. And then I'm also having a ball streaming games that isn't that isn't just Dead by Daylight too. Um, so yeah, it kind of was, but it wasn't. I didn't really yep, have. Yep. Yeah, I. I have like no. That's kind of streaming, though, isn't it? That's it's now, it. it. Yeah, it, 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 it is, but it, it isn't. <laughs> it's planned. It, it's planned chaos, really. So absolutely, you, you plan whatever you can, and then then life happens, and streaming happens, and then you just work accordingly around that. So I uh, I love that you've been able to do that because, as I know, but um, people should know you are truly a, uh, a horror fan in terms of like you know Halloween or Valloween as. Um, we call it on stream, <laughs> yes. you know, you do, your, um, you've got your, your cosplay and stuff that you do, um, like a little bit of dressing up and stuff. Um, would you say you go like all out for the cosplay stuff or is it just like, it's a little bonus thing that you like to do every now and then, or is it something where you're like, okay, next month I'm definitely wanting to do this, you know, cosplay or something like that? Um, it kind of varies a little bit. So October of last year for Halloween, I was I kind of picked the cosplays I was going to do very last minute. Um, yep. And because I picked it so last minute, I kind of just kind of set myself into freak out mode because I couldn't get everything I needed in time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I ended up changing the cosplays I was doing. And there was only three at the time. Um, I think I ended up changing a few of them about four different times just because I couldn't find everything in time for it because I started planning it too late. But this yep. year I started... Sounds like me. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> um, this year I started planning Halloween in, uh, in February. So I've been... I've been uh, planning That's it since then. That's a lot then. of planning. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do seven cosplays. Um, oh, my goodness. Seven cosplays this so year. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a little bit stressful, but um, it's still very exciting. I did um, Sally earlier this year. Yep. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And that one took quite a few hours to do as well, being um, being like all the makeup and, and everything that she, that she requires. So some of them, some of them do. And I hope that I can, I can, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to best word this, that I can do, do what I, what I'm planning on doing for Halloween this yeah, year successfully. Yeah. <laughs> me, well, me too. And speaking of the makeup, like that is a, a, a signature of yours, the, the eye makeup that we get to see uh, change every stream and um, that we look forward to seeing <laughs> what, uh, what look you're going to have. Um, was the the cosplay stuff, is that something you've done previous to, to streaming or is that just something that came up because you were like, hey, I'm on, I'm on Twitch anyway and I'm playing and I love horror, so people enjoy, people are enjoying this, so I'm just going to keep doing it more. I know some people have like art backgrounds where 
they've always done kind of like you know dressing up and stuff offline and going to events and things like yeah what how did that kind of get started um so i've done a few cosplays previously um okay the first one that i ever did was frostfire annie from league of legends <laughs> okay yep. so i did that one a few years back and then i've done chloe from life is strange a couple of times as well where i've painted on yep. um her her um sleeve that like her sleeve tattoo on her yep, arm that's awesome. um i've painted that on those were kind of the first ones but um, what were uh, they for? Were they for anything? Like, were they for going to a gaming event or yeah, like EB Expo? <laughs> oh, amazing! Love when, that. When EB Expo was a thing in Sydney, um, so those were the the first two I I ever done. And Frostfire Annie was a mistake because I decided that spring going into summer would be the best time <laughs> to need to wear leg warmers <laughs> for the yep, outfit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this was not a good idea because it was hot and boiling and I had these these leg warmers and like a super heavy, um, it was like a similar to like a Parker kind of thing. Um, so I had one of those on as well and it was just so hot. <laughs> and I was like, this was not a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, Australian summer is uh, never, yeah, <laughs> never a time rough. to wear any more clothes than you have to ever. It's rough, <laughs> but um, that's that's really cool. I I I, uh, I like that you had the a little bit of background, I guess, earlier before even coming to streaming because uh, I know that it's um it's something I, I've had some some cosplay goals met and uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where. You, if you really, really want to do it justice, I think that's kind of what you were getting at. You know, you want to do these costumes justice and these characters justice that you want to yeah. dress up for for Halloween. So you're really hoping that it just like pays off. Uh, I will ask because we uh, we have you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if your community knows any of the stuff that you're going to be trying to to pull off. But when we get to the end, we can maybe get a uh, a little hint or sneak preview. Ooh. For uh, for what you're gonna um, <laughs> what you're gonna try, and then the lucky podcast listeners will get to know a little bit more than everyone else. Sweet, cool, sounds good. Uh, with the with going back to to Dead by Daylight, so as you said, you've been moving into Killer, uh, playing uh, you know Survivor mostly, but then you know really really enjoying um, the Killer side of things. What um what is it about? I guess Dead by Daylight that is like your your most enjoyed kind of thing? Is it the fact that you get to play it, um, you know, with members of the community? Is it that you, uh, you know, get to get some frustration out by playing some killer and murdering <laughs> some people? Or obviously it's probably a combination, but is there any one thing that kind of stands out over others? Yeah, it, it really would be a combination. Um, yeah. I think w one of the big things about Dead by Daylight is that it is such um, – it is such an easy game to be able to stream and play um, in terms of knowing that I can, I, I kind of like know, know generally like where I'm going and to be able to focus on reading chat. Um, yep, so yep. I, I think in that regard, it makes it, it makes it um, a lot, a lot easier for, for my brain to be able to, to keep up with chat and just kind of let, let kind of cruise control just take over for the game for the most part. So I would say that, but also based on how, how interactive it can be. Um, and being able to swift as well, have three other members of the community jump in and play some games as well is awesome. So it's kind of kind of a mix of both, but what would you say it is for you? Well, for me, I started playing Killer 
mostly when I when I picked the game up. So it was the just that feeling of being able to be the only person that was in control of what was happening in the game because yeah. I started playing DVD uh, offline a little bit before I started streaming it. Um, but when I did start streaming it, I was playing you know uh, Wraith only and I was doing Killer all the time every stream, and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. And I didn't have anyone to blame. <laughs> no, any mistakes that I made were were all my own. So yeah. I uh, and I've definitely you know. We, we noticed that there's different people that play this game and have fun, as we're talking about, for different reasons. So I feel that you and I are quite um, different in the way that we play Dead by Daylight in terms of, um, you know, you're a lot more chilled and, um, you know, we're both hanging out with our community and wanting to, to chat and kind of enjoy our time there. But I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. I'm a sweat when it comes to, when it comes to <laughs> games. So, like, I want to get in there and just absolutely push myself to the next limit so i yeah. think that's why killer and um you know learning the game was really the thing that that uh stood out to me i think learning is something that i really really enjoy and yes. seeing progress and getting better at something is uh one of my favorite things to do in life whether it's gaming or you know bettering myself or whatever it might be so i think that was my favorite aspect of Dead by Daylight when I first started, it was just the fact that I could see my actual progression. I could see me getting better at a certain role, whether it was killer or survivor. And then when I transitioned to survivor, I could also go from, you know, barely being able to run and run into a wall to what I can do now. And I can actually see the growth and the difference. Yes, that's that's <laughs> massive as well. And I think it's important to um, that when you do play both Killer and Survivor, you're able to bring aspects from one side of it to another because you know, yep. um, as an example, playing as Survivor, you know in like in some certain in some situations what you would do if you were the Killer, so you can kind of already try to counter that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's so oh man, it's so cool. It it really is. It's it's a really one of a kind game. Mm. Uh, as we know, there's a bunch of games that have come out recently that are, have been trying to um, to rival it. There is another one that's on its way out called VHS. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Uh, that looks wacky. <laughs> that, yeah. that looks insane. I've I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen too much of it though, but I am really excited to see where it goes. I would uh, I highly suggest to watch the the developer game or the dev game on YouTube. Uh, if you just type in VHS dev game, it'll come up. Uh, apart from the guy that plays the killer, who looks like he is having the worst day of his life, oh, no. all the survivors <laughs> look like they're having heaps of fun. So that scares me a little bit because the last thing we want is a DVD clone where killers look like they're having the worst time of their lives sometimes <laughs> and the survivors are just running rampant. But, it. Um, it, it looks it looks um, pretty wacky with all the different abilities and everything um, based around like, you know, 80s horror type stuff. So yeah, that I, uh, looks awesome. I've signed up. There is a beta as well. So if you're interested, I can send you the Ooh, link for the neat. beta after. Yes, please. Uh, because, yeah, who knows if we get in or not. But it'll it's a cool thing to that goes along with streaming is when you can find these betas and stuff, if you can get yourself and people from your community in, you already have people to play with. You yeah. don't have to worry about that whole like, oh, am I going to get a lobby together? Am I going to be able to find anyone else that has the beta? It's like you've got... 50, 100 people that you can potentially send this out to. If exactly, you've got a Discord, yeah. you know, you can always post it in a Discord and people will be like, yes, I'm I'm down to any new content or anything that's related to, you know, horror type stuff I'm in. 100%. That's it. No, I'd be definitely keen to try out the beta as well. 
yeah i, I that's that's awesome because i am very very uh excited for that um in terms of uh like dvd again with uh with the with the way that um uh, we stream so i'm very um like you know educational when i when it comes to both killer and survivor explaining through like my plays and yeah. um you know i guess talking about what i'm doing um as i'm doing it with your um with your gameplay i guess with the the more chill aspect as i call it is there a re- like is there a reason that you cuz i feel like a lot of the time you are kind of just playing and you don't it, the result isn't really a, a um a worry to you it doesn't yeah. matter if you get four kills when you're playing a uh, killer or or zero it doesn't matter if you know playing survivor if you escape or if you don't uh you are just really really there for the journey and i i guess for me someone that is more fo- more not focused on the end goal but um the end goal means i guess a little bit more to me in my eyes yep um i i don't know how how did have you been competitive like in um like in real in real life outside of gaming or anything or is it you've just always been someone that wants to get out there and play more than just compete uh at a game or something um kind of i can get a little bit competitive when i play the likes of cod um yeah. <laughs> but for, <laughs> for some reason when i play um when i play dead by daylight um, I, I'm just more so like there to have a good time. Um, yep. I just, I just really enjoy the game and I do still try to get kills and stuff. Um, but I just try to play the game as fairly as possible too, if that okay. makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, so that sure. if, if I can, um, if I can finish the game and 4k, um, and feel that I've played fairly and that it was like an, an all round great game, um, that to me is a win, even if, even if I don't necessarily get the four kills as well, but think I played um as best as I could that is still that is still like I would probably say one one of the most important things to me because I feel like it's it's important to make sure for, for me personally anyway that the other survivors if I am playing killer um are, yep. are also having a good time because yeah, I, yep. I don't want it to the last thing I would want is to like is is for anything to like snowball and then you know we have less people playing because they just kind of continually having bad games or, or anything like that. So um, in that regard, I do try to play as fairly as I can. And if I can get the kills or if I can escape, then that is just a bonus. But if I can have some fun and some jokes along the way and some memes, then that is, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And it's something that people don't think about. And this is one of the, it leads perfectly, uh, we'll go back to that a little bit. Uh, because that's one of the main things that I wanted to to chat to you about as well yeah. in terms of, um, you know, the fairness of the game and stuff like that. But um, it, it is so important to remind people and I'm glad that it's something that you, you know, that you brought up now and it's something that's on your stream because I also am, I never played unfairly, but I definitely play to win. That's, yeah, so that's I play fair. a little bit different compared to, to some other people. And by no means am I saying that, I'm better than this person or you no, know, exactly. you're like, you know, this person's not good or whatever. It's everyone plays differently. Absolutely. But it's so important to have the reminder that there is four other people on the other side of that game. There is one other person on the side of that. If you're playing survivor and you're playing killer, there's a human, like there is a literal human being yeah. on the other side of that. We were talking about this the other day and we were talking about, you know, people feeling targeted personally off you know even as a streamer or even not as 
someone that streams, even if you're just playing the game with the end game chat on PC, like people will come at you like, and per, like if they know you somewhat, mostly streamers, because, you know, we, we give ourselves to the yeah. internet. We, you know, we tell people more things about our lives. So there's yeah. more um, information or ammunition out there. But basically, you know, when people make personal attacks about you as a person, when you're just playing a game, it's, it's so disheartening for me. And it is, yeah. what you're saying, you know, you know, we could have a, I don't want to have a direct, uh, a direct result of uh, the way I play that makes someone stop playing the game. Cause that would be, A, it would be horrible because I would feel terrible that, you know, that person has stopped playing the game because of what I've done. Yeah. But also it's going to, the player base just gets lower and lower and lower and lower Absolutely. to the point where no one's going to be playing. So, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've, I feel the same thing as well. That's why um, I do try to, um, kind of turn most of most of my games um, I still try to do as, as well as I can and still try to 4k when I play killer and that but if it is a fair game at the end and the survivors escape that's that's absolutely fine by me it's it's all just fun and the one thing I try to um, I, I try to remember as well is that I I, I leave every game at the exit gates <laughs> yeah it's, so, it's such a good mentality that's it you just gotta you just gotta leave that game there. The entity has claimed that game now. It's done and dusted. <laughs> onto the next one. <laughs> if if only we could uh, go into the minds of some people and just instill that in them, that would be uh, amazing. Because yeah, we were yeah, as I said, we were talking. Myself and a couple other people were talking in depth in someone's stream about this. Yes, literally yesterday about how it's just it's sad to see uh, people forget that there is a literal human on the other side yeah. of this and we're all trying to have fun that's the thing whether fun to that person is getting the 4k or fun to that person is doing the head-on memes and doing the, the yeah the exactly all that <laughs> stuff like we all, it's a game at the end of the day we're, we're yeah. all trying to have fun and i don't jump on a, a game to to not have fun you know you're definitely those people that work you know a full-time job they come home and they're they've you know they've slogged away for eight hours or ten hours or whatever and they jump on the game and the last thing that they want to do is feel berated for for just playing the game and, and having a bit of fun exactly because they played in a certain way because you're just getting on there to, to chill out and blow off some steam or to you maybe you've had a bad day at work maybe you're just having a bad week or something and um that's it, it's kind of the the blessing and the curse that comes with having an asymmetrical game where there's a 4v1 or there's a more dominant uh, side or majority exactly. of people on one side compared to compared to the other um is there anything do you think that we can we, obviously we can do stuff to combat that but is there anything in the game that you reckon that they can combat that obviously they've tried to introduce the filters now for the end game chat yeah um is there anything you would suggest to someone if they're like struggling with kind of i guess a bit of negativity or anything toxicity in the game um, the main thing that I um, I always try to remember personally is that it's it's not personal, um, yep. and I th I think that that is like one of the most important things to remember is that um, like generally if if someone you know has a bad game or anything it's it's not necessarily just about that game, um, and you just happen to be on the on the receiving end um, of it. So it's it's very rarely that that someone would be being rude to be. A personal attack um so i think ultimately too if if you can to try to not read the end game chat like if you can you can always click the button to to hide it and just skip on to the next game or um or anything like that but 
too, I think if you if you played, um, you know, as if if you played in a way that that you would be happy with, um, again, it 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 wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything personal that the person is you know is is trying to be be like blatantly rude or anything like that. You just happen to be on the on the receiving end of frustration. Yeah, that's a really good. They're really good points, and it's so interesting that it it it's both a it works for both sides. Like remembering that it's it's not personal in terms of you know the 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 negativity or the things that people might say to you, but also remembering that it is personal in the way that there is a person playing the yeah. game as well. So, 100%. so it's, it works though both both those ways. And I've even started uh, playing a little bit differently. In terms of the the builds that I'm using as killer now, I've been playing a lot of Survivor for the last six to eight months, and I've noticed you know a lot of those super slowdown builds that people run with you know your ruins and your pops and undying and stuff like that. Survivors don't really enjoy having to to go against that as much as they would uh, because you know they obviously have to try a little bit harder, and sometimes they they just want to they just want to chill and, and relax. So I've actually taken. Uh, any general aggression off my builds at the moment oh, so wow. i'm just playing through and uh just you know it's not it's not a huge deal but it it means that sometimes i might lose games that i would that i would previously win because yeah. i don't have that that perk to to carry me through but i am finding that it's helping me kind of get into that zone of just enjoying the game enjoying the game more and just being like oh well you know I tried my drama best and if it if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But exactly. I'm, I'm still just having fun and, and playing the game. So Yeah, hundred percent. I, I also haven't I I don't really run exhaustion perks on Survivor okay. anymore. Yep. Um because I found that I I was relying on it on them way too hard. Um so I tend to really only run like adrenaline um or head on or something. Yeah, or head on or something like that. But like generally speaking, I tend to not run them. But I've I've also been doing um with killer, I've been running uh the likes of Blood Warden. Like just, oh, just nice. randomly <laughs> in my build to see yep. if people come to expect it, because you generally now come to expect the the ruin undying barbecue um like meta in the game so i've yep, yep. been like just trying to trying to shake that up a bit and for uh specifically for huntress i've been running blood warden to see like to see how many people uh come to expect it and for the most part people don't they they, they I was don't gonna say and do they ever expect yeah it? <laughs> they they don't <laughs> so it's been it's been really fun to, to to test that out and to see like what people especially like endgame chat i've gotten a few times people being like oh that damn blood warden i, I yeah, didn't see exactly. it coming and <laughs> i was like yes that that was what i wanted to, to try and shake it up a bit and see see what kind of value i can get out of perks that don't get a lot of love sometimes and that's the crazy thing about this game is when you use a perk that's not used very often, people tend to not get as annoyed by it, or you know, it, they don't. They're not like, oh, another, another knowed, another, yeah. another ruin, <laughs> another this. They're like, oh, blood warden. Yeah, wow. hang on a second. Okay, they, they, they got me good. Like yep. they, they, they got me good with that, uh, and that that's cool. I like the fact that. There, there are these different perks in the game for that reason where, you know, Blood Warden is not going to work out all the time. Exactly. Really, unless you're like <laughs> forcing it to work out. But it is nice in those 
games where you see the survivors at the exit gate and you're like, you don't even know what's coming. <laughs> you don't exactly. even know what's going right <laughs> And then you see them scrambling, running against the exit. And you see those auras and you're like, that's it. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm coming for you. You can, you can almost hear the fear. <laughs> yeah, it, and that's the best thing. This is another thing that I was talking about yesterday and something that potentially Dead by Daylight needs more of is uh, stakes in the game to actually the fear. that uh, There's no fear in this game. When yeah. you first start, there is genuine fear in this game. Yeah. When you're <laughs> playing as a survivor, when the when you hear that heartbeat or you hear like, you know, a hillbilly chainsaw rev or something like that, it or the, you know, the Wraith rings his bell right behind you, it's scary. Like it is. You, are, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you freak out, the heart rate the heart rate rises. And I feel like that that really, really goes away quite quickly, depending on how much you play the game. So I would love to see more of a fear factor come into the game and and feel like okay this is this is actually this is actually scary or what i'm doing is actually important not just okay well i go in and go out and then i just go back into another match yeah 100% yeah the it's mainly only the jump scares they get me now yep. when you all of a sudden have a Mikey behind you or a ghosty or... <laughs> the hag is the one that gets me really the hag traps i can never i can tell you i've played I think I have just three k out, just over three k hours in this game right now. I can tell you that even if I get up to ten k hours in this game, a hag trap will always <laughs> scare me. It will never not scare me because even if I know it's there, I'm like, it's the way it just pops up in your face and it takes control of your camera and it just, <laughs> it just sends me into another dimension. That's it. I have a newfound fear as well of um of legion bunnies. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> I had a I had a community member use a um use a streamlets card to make me search the basement chest, and I didn't realize that that same community member was sniped us in the game and was playing oh, killer no. and was waiting in the basement. Oh, that would have been so good. the way that little yeah. the big bunny I, smile I with just, the blood as well. I oh. just rounded the corner to see them, but I just screamed and then ran. <laughs> so Screamed scary. and never, never came. Disabled, deleted that card. Exactly. Deleted all the copies that anyone had of it. No, no, no resources. No crafting. <laughs> You're oh, all banned. I'm exactly. done with streaming. It was, it was so scary. I wasn't expecting it at all. So it's, it's. I think it's those the the jump scans that you're not expecting as well. You can kind of prepare yourself for um, a Michael Myers jump scare or a Ghostface jump scare because you're you know once you're versing a yep. stealth killer that that is what they they ultimately need to try and do to be effective with their own power. Um, yeah, yep. So when you have the killers that you're not expecting to not hear a terror radius four or anything like that and you just round a corner and see them standing there. It's so scary. <laughs> yeah, I actually I did this the other day. Someone made me run Insidious on on Wraith. So obviously oh, man. that's a terrible <laughs> terrible perk for a killer that's yeah. a, a stealth killer. Uh, but I actually got it to work at one point. So I uncloaked and I stood still against a wall. And then the survivor thought that I'd left and they came running around the corner and I I hit them. And I reckon that I would have scared the pants off them because they would have been like, hey, what? He's not cloaked. How did he do this? He's hacking. I love that. Because <laughs> no one sees Insidious unless it's a it's a bubber in the basement. Exactly. Like, that's the only time you really expect it. Exactly. So. And again, you, you come to expect it after the first time so it's you kind of you kind of prepare yourself for the jump scare so it's it's not as scary when it's a killer that you you come to expect the jump scare from <laughs> exactly but um well, i guess kind of touching on the the whole stakes thing uh and like 
adding a little bit more, I guess, fear into the game. Have you ever, you would have heard of the game um, Hunt Showdown where yeah. you, you know, obviously you get a hunter and you go into the um, the bio and if you, if you lose, if you die, you lose that hunter and like you lose the, the perks and, and stuff that you had on them and the weapons. Uh, we were talking yesterday, uh, again, in the same, the same stream I was watching, uh, we were talking about potentially, uh, and a little bit in my stream, we were, we were talking about maybe you could, there could be a way to introduce something like that. But it might be a little bit too late for DVD now, but a game, even a, a game like this VHS game where the stakes are higher, that yeah. it'll give more weight to actually escaping and and trying to do the objectives because right now in Dead by Daylight, the the meta is and the thing is for the for the people that play it like the higher MMR, you know, the higher level, yeah. they just want to be in ch- chases all the time. Yeah. But the reality is, there's only one killer, <laughs> so there can't be four people in a chase exactly. all at the same time. So the other people that aren't in chase are either running around, uh, you know, with flashlights waiting for the killer to down the person, which is fine, but that puts you know that can frustrate the killer at the end of the day because they just feel like the survivors aren't doing the objective and then it gets to a point where it feels like the survivors are so much better than the killer potentially and they're just bullying the killer because you know they can't down these survivors or or whatever uh or you have survivors that are only going in to do the the generators and have no um no issues which is fine because that is the objective but we were just kind of talking about is there a way for the objectives to have more weight for those higher or more long-term players? Because we need there needs to be an incentive to completing the the generators and actually doing the totems and the objectives. Otherwise, people just avoid doing them, and then when they don't get chased, they just complain and get annoyed that they've you know that they've not Absolutely. not been able to be chased or something. So we were thinking like even a uh, a system where you get a character so it can be still you know bill or feng or whoever in the game and then you get perks that you earn with um you know with certain points and you equip those perks the more times you escape the better perks you can keep equipping to your character uh but then if you die then you have to essentially purchase another character pretty much exactly the way that hunt works Ah, uh, okay. but for for an asymmetrical game like this because it it raises the stakes of the game it means that yes you can still not care about the result and you can still not do like i mean care about the result as in ignoring the objectives completely just yeah. to just to mess around and and do nothing in the game not even to do like the head-on memes or anything like just simply to <laughs> yeah. to, to completely ignore everything um i guess do you think that that would kind of work maybe not in dead by daylight but even in a, a future game? I reckon in a future game that could probably work, but for something like Dead by Daylight, I think um, with the likes of Pinhead where you you need where the survivors need to stop doing the gens to go and find the box so that they don't have the chains on them and, and that kind of thing, I think that that was um, a really good idea for them to add. So it's, it's in a way, it's, it's helping the killer um, to... In a way, it's like a his, his own power is sort like a natural of slowdown. Yeah, like a, yep. a gen slowdown kind of built into him because they they some someone needs to find it. <laughs> someone yeah, exactly. needs to find that box. So I think um, with the likes of Dead by Daylight, um, things like that, where 
each killer, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how they would be able to, to add it in for like previous killers that are out, but to add, to have an added task, um, I think that kind of will help slow down the gens that little bit, um, would kind of be enough for Dead by Daylight, but okay, for, yeah. for, for another game or for future games, I think that that idea of making it, um, kind of like an all or nothing situation is, sounds like it'd be really fun. <laughs> well, because it, it creates that you might it, it might even bring the fear back where yeah. you're actually genuinely i know a lot of people will be like oh it's just going to create immersed survivors who who hide and do nothing and you know are, are sneaking around but that you know i would i wouldn't mind playing against survivors that are actually stealthing rather than trying to be in my face all the time and and you know show off and and show off their good skills it is fun to play against survivors sometimes that are just sneaking around and, and doing yeah. the objective and trying their hardest to be those, you know, stealthy survivors that don't get caught. Uh, it can be frustrating, obviously, when you don't see any survivors <laughs> because they're all stealthing around <laughs> and then it. you lose two generators or something and, and you're like, how? That's it. And then 20, <laughs> 20, minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes has passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it could raise, you know, it raises those stakes and for, for survivors especially, it creates a more urgency like a, a more of an urgency to to actually escape and do well because i could imagine that hey i've escaped five games in a row now i get access to this cool uh this cool new item or this cool yeah. perk or something the killers oh hey you stopped you know three survivors getting out or whatever in your last five games here's an extra thing that you can that you can use because that would not only make the game different uh Again, more you know, more different every couple of games. It would also yeah add that fear factor back because it's just completely gone from dead by day. Once you get to a certain point, I think. Absolutely, yeah. I I think as well that they they um had also tried to like previously implement that with Nemesis and having the zombies, where it's kind of yeah, like yeah. that extra. There's there's that extra something that survivors have to keep in mind and be concerned about. Um, whereas when you have like the killers that have come out a long time ago, when you, you, when you know that you're versing a huntress that you just have to keep an eye out for, you know, those stray hatchets coming, flying across yeah. from the other <laughs> side of the map and, and that kind of thing. So I feel like, um, that, that extra sense of, of urgency is massive. Um, and I yep. think even adding more variety to items, I, I don't really know what else they could kind of add in there, but more, I guess something, something other than a flashlight, a med kit, and a toolbox um, for survivors as well could be could be fun. Um, we do obviously get like the the, the firecrackers and stuff um, for events, but I don't know. And a new item would be would be I th I think would be massive and be just would, so much it? fun. Yeah. I um I think that potentially I don't know how much you know about the well I say no, but I don't know if you know of the boon totem. Uh, yeah. that's going to be coming out for, for Survivors. Um, obviously, when I say no, I don't actually know anything either. I just know what I've heard. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, it. <laughs> but that in itself excites me because that is me uh, going to be a different... Uh, not a different item, but it's going to be a different gameplay mechanic. Again, we've just got the box. We've got the Scourge hooks. We've got you know the Hex play thing where it spawns a Hex totem that's you know ongoing through the game. It grabs... Del totems and turns them into, um, you know, hex totem, which is nothing yeah. new because we've had Noed, but it's um it's exciting to see them to do the boon. Do you have any ideas 
because uh, I was talking about this in stream yesterday. Do you have any ideas about what um, what powers you potentially would like to, we could see or anything you would like to see as a survivor from mm. um, one of those survivor totems? Ooh, that is a really good question. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah. But I can give you an idea of mine and yeah, then what's yours? give you a little bit of time to think um, about something that you might think. Um, the one thing that stuck out to us recently is that they've been with Hex Plaything. They brought in a totem where only from a certain distance you can see that totem. So within 16 meters, that totem lights up for the survivor. Yep. It's also a totem that's been brought in where it's blocked for all other survivors except for the first one in that 90 in that first 90 seconds. So two mechanics that we haven't seen in the game um, previously. The, the, the totems lighting up we have with, you know, Detective's Hunch and maps and things like that. But I don't think there's any other perks that passively light up uh, totems. There's small game that kind of, you know, makes the little, yeah, the the little noise. But that's that's about it. So we were thinking that someone brought this up in chat, actually, a a kind of beacon. So, you know, in like, um, I guess like World of Warcraft is a thing that I can kind of think of off the top of my head where you would put down like a... Uh, a beacon that kind of, or like a even a totem they use in World of, World of Warcraft that buffs it, like buffs a certain area. So ah. it's like an area of effect. So someone was saying, if you found, let's say you found a uh, a totem and you, because as far as we know, you have to bless the the um the totem. I've looked in yeah. the, I don't know if you've seen, but in the um in the settings for DVD at the moment, there is a description of um, boon totems. Roughly, oh. I think they accidentally added into the game when they weren't meant to to do it, or they're preparing to bring it in uh, mid chapter. Someone was saying because you know how Hag has all hex totems yeah. as her things. They were saying maybe that boon totems are coming mid chapter, and the next original survivor is going to have a full um, boon totem uh, perk layout, Ooh. like you know perk build. Interesting. So, could could be interesting. All speculation, but still. Uh, very interesting. But they were basically saying, so if you run over to this area and that totem is blessed by a survivor, you gain an extra like 10% healing speed or 15% healing speed in that in that area of effect of the totem. Or, uh, you know, it, it would have to be something, it can't be like ge a generator, you know, because if there's one right next to a generator, then the, the thing, the effect will just persist for yeah. the whole entire time you're doing that generator. But we've seen leader, you know, leader with yeah, light. Yeah, exactly. When, you know, that essentially blesses the, the survivor <laughs> or gives them that effect for, you know, that 15 seconds or whatever or however long it is. And then, you know, they can they can carry on those effects for that time when they're out of the radius. So it's not something that they haven't done before. They just haven't done it with totems. So uh, I don't know if that idea sounds cool or um, too far-fetched, but no, that was one I of like the that. ideas we had. Yeah, I like that. I think they would have to um, possibly put like a, a a limit or something. Otherwise, I feel like there would there'd probably be some form of a way to just kind of um, to cheese bless, them. yeah, and to just to, to to just try and like bless the whole the whole map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think there'd have to be like some some sort of um, some sort of limit as well. Otherwise, it would otherwise it could get out of hand very quickly. But I do love that idea. That would be really cool. I wonder how you would be able to kind of see or if you would – do you think that, that there would have to be like some sort of um, way to kind of know aura-wise of where that 
where that area ends or do you think it would just kind of be like similar to like a Achilles terror radius where you just kind of have to hear the I heartbeat? Don't know. To... I don't I feel like for some reason in my head, I just have this like image of a blue, like a, this like transient blue, like light that's like in a circle around Ooh, an area with that. a totem. But it's probably not going to be that because we don't really have anything like that. But for some reason, that's just what came to my head because I imagine br- hex totems are red or fire. Yeah. And for some reason, I imagine boon totems is blue. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like blue is just like a, a like a safe color, and um, I, I, I for some reason that's just been in my head ever since I heard the boon totems. They just for some a blue in they've just been created as blue in my head. Um, yeah. But it could even be the fact that you just have to look for. The um, you have to look for that little item, the icon down the bottom, or there could be, we just got Pinhead, and the box. When you pick up the box, it plays the little lullaby mm. sound, and you become oblivious. So maybe with a Boon Totem, there's a little sound bite that plays when you're in the blessed area. You know, kind of yeah. like a choir being like, oh, something like that. <laughs> I, I don't love know. That. Like, <laughs> there's endless possibilities, but uh, it'll probably be something. <laughs> Something boring and and small <laughs> that we uh that we realize that just needs to be in the game and it can't yeah. be this extravagant thing, but um yeah I we hope... oh, so you go sorry I was just gonna say I hope we get more um like if it if it is possibly related to like the yellow glyphs where yep. you have to like hit those skill checks back to back oh, yes. to like activate yep. them or something um because that was a very very interesting thing that they added without kind of mentioning anything else about it um it's just kind of like do this do this yellow glyph challenge everyone's like what is what is this then you know all yeah. of a sudden you're, you're trying to hit these impossible back-to-back skill checks and if you miss you need to go Against find it again as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they're going exactly. backwards and <laughs> oh god so i, I loved that I me loved too that when they came out me too it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it reminded me not to the same degree but it did it did remind me of like old ruin where you had to yep, hit the, yep. the the tiny skill checks to <laughs> yep, exactly, <laughs> to keep yeah. going. So it'll be fun though if they if they can introduce anything more with the other glyphs too. I think that would be that that would be really neat. I, I love the fact that it moved away as well. It wasn't just something that you could just spawn like spam try again and repeat. It actually forced you yeah. to to move to a different area. So that was really really cool um, with the yellow glyphs. I agree. My, yeah. My my one kind of worry with the boon totems, and obviously we're speculating about something we have no real information on. But I guess uh, was there an idea? Was there any ideas that you had potentially? Because we were talking about how it can't be too strong, because survive that means the killer is going to have to go out of their way to definitely remove the totem, because uh, you know it's going to not break the game. But you know when a, when a killer has a hex. Yeah. You can still play around that hex. Like if the killer has the, you know, we call it hex no windows where it blocks the windows <laughs> when you go through it or yep. they have like, you know, hex plaything where you're oblivious. Like you can still play the game without doing those totems. It makes it a bit harder for yourself, but yeah. you can you can still do it. Whereas I feel like playing the killer role, you're at, they're adding going to add another thing where the killer has to go and destroy that totem and that is going to add yet another objective for the killer that's already balancing gens and mm. chases and all of this stuff. So if the effect was really strong, then it but might become a little bit unfair for the killer. Yeah. But then if the effect is not enough, then no one's going to use it. 
Exactly, especially if it is something like um, where if, if, if it isn't balanced correctly and every survivor can, you know, can bring it in and the killer's trying to find you know, four different, four, four different boon totems yeah. to even progress the game, that that's going to be ridiculous. But um, I think if they, if they can find a way to balance it, um, similar to what you said too, about like one area being that, that blessed area, if the killer can see that too, I feel yeah. like that could, that, that may work well um, in terms of being like a, a risk versus reward. Like you, you're getting that, you're getting that, that extra buff, but the killer knows that it's happening and it's up to them whether they're coming to stop you or something like that. So I feel like yeah, that yep. that could help balance it a bit, but I also don't know if that could throw it too far, maybe... It's not too weak, too yeah. weak to the point where it's just not going to be used. Yeah, that's it, yeah. To, to where it's just kind of not even worth bringing at that point. We were also talking about the idea of the fact that it's probably going to have to be new totems. Like, if there's only five totems and a killer brings a full hex build, then there's no oh. free totems for a, a survivor. True. So we were thinking that instead of a hex being cleansed and it blowing up, uh, if you had a boon totem perk and you went to one that was a hex, uh, you would turn it into a boon totem potentially. But the wording of the, the boon totem description definitely says bless a dull totem. So it doesn't seem like that would be the case. So I'm thinking we might even see more than five totems in a game uh, going forward. Yeah, possibly. It'd be funny too, like um, if if they somehow introduce that, like even if a a a hex totem is is um, like destroyed or something, and the survivor runs up and you just see the survivor rebuilding the totem. <laughs> oh, that's even that's even cooler. <laughs> that could be so fun. And then that and then that's that's how they then bless it after that by kind of like rebuilding it and kind of claiming it as um as the survivor boon totem instead. That could be a, wow. a fun little twist. You just blew my mind because <laughs> I was just thinking with perks that we've had like uh a appraisal where you get three tokens <clears throat> to rummage through a chest that's already been opened. Yeah. If you have a to a, a boon uh, totem perk where you have three tokens and you have the chance to rebuild three totems that have been broken because obviously your fellow survivors might be breaking them too you can rebuild you know up to three totems or mm, that's all like, you just blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> it, they, they then could also go like a um a risk versus reward thing of if the killer then um destroys like the the survivor's boon totem that they get a hex perk back so that's kind Ooh, of adding a yeah, that's kind of adding a, a massive risk for possibly a high reward if if it plays out that well. And, and that's how totems are meant to be, aren't they? They're meant to be <laughs> yeah, exactly. high risk, high reward. That's that's what they say anyway. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's it. It'll be interesting though to see to see where it all goes. The main thing that we have, and the last thing to touch on this is that. I want it to be a survivor buff. I don't want it to be a killer debuff. Yes. I want it to be something for the survivors because we don't need the survivors having a different way to debuff the killer when the killer is just trying to play. A hundred percent. And has no control over that. That's it, yeah. Because then you, you're also adding in like too many things for the killer to worry about, whether it be items or the other perks in the game and then the wall tiles and then not to mention how maps can come into play with it too. It could be way too much if it is a, a killer debuff exactly it was too overwhelming and just too much going on so trying to keep it simple but also not boring that's <laughs> it simple it but effective <laughs> <laughs>
Um, talking about, uh, I guess, the streaming side of things and um, kind of leaning towards the, the more content creation with Dead by Daylight, we did have, um, and you would know this, um, as Carla became one of our um, newest Fog Whisperers in uh, the OCE region. So yeah. we couldn't be happier for, for Carla, obviously. Oh, 100%. Uh, that's one thing that um, you strive for. Well, I, I'd say most people are striving for if they're playing Dead by Daylight and they're, um, you know, they have a, a good following or they, you know, are wanting to kind of feel like they can make a difference in the game. It's something they're always striving towards being a Fog Whisperer, being a, you know, a direct Dead by Daylight partner. Is that something that you've ever, or that you consider? I can't remember if I ever see the Into the Fog thing in your title or not, but um, is it something that is interesting to you or are you happy just kind of yeah. um, doing your own thing? Yes. So I have, I've kind of always wanted to be a fog whisperer ever since I kind of found out like what the fog whisperer program was. Um, originally I wanted to be, um, I, I originally, when I was only on PlayStation, I wanted to be the first Oceana PlayStation Mm, fog whisperer. Um, but then I, I ended up jumping over to PC anyway. You can still switch back. It's fine. You, still sw- you can switch back and you can, you, they'll, they'll come to you. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, I would I would absolutely love to. Um, and and seeing seeing Carla reach that milestone was was massive. And I'm I'm so I'm so 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 happy for her. She absolutely deserves it. Um, so I, I hope that they do continue to get more um, more Oceana uh, Fog Whisperers too, because it's it would be it's it's just so cool and it's such a such a massive achievement too. It's something that um, I had like aspired to reach, um, on the same level as reaching uh, Twitch partner. So I would absolutely love to. <laughs> yeah. I think it holds the same, the whole, the same amount of weight as well, because, you know, one is your, your streaming platform that you're partnering up with. And then one is the game that you're playing with, uh, essentially partnering up with as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. It would, it would just be so amazing. I feel like it does give us a little more hope with having uh we have you know geef is a um a dead by daylight partner we have granny as well yeah uh, as a fog whisperer we have um carlo now there's probably another one there but i can't think of them off the top of my head uh but i feel like it gives more hope for the the oceanic region to to get kind of noticed or um even you know have having someone there in your corner like obviously i know carlo on a um a personal basis off stream as well yep. to a degree and having someone that you can go to to talk about the game and actually potentially I had an issue you know with a certain thing that was going on and I was able to voice it to her and she was able to uh, actually bring it up in the you know fog whisperer um, discord and um, yeah it actually got acted on so it was kind of cool to have someone that you that you trust and that they trust you enough to actually listen to what you're going to say and see an actual uh an actual change or an actual effect from that so yeah um, i think that's important too especially in games like dead by daylight to have um to to have people there that you can talk to without because the the, the devs would just be inundated with so many things at at any given moment of the time so to have um to have people there that you can go to and, and and mention things and and speak up about it and then have things acted on as well is is massive, and I think I think it's really important to have, especially in a game like Dead by Daylight. Yeah, hundred percent. And fingers crossed that uh, you know, if you, I think that um, in my personal opinion, you are like a perfect candidate for 
um, the program very Thank very you. similar right back um, at you. to <laughs> very similar to to color in my eyes uh, in terms of you just bring out this wholesome and um, like beautiful community where you are trying to promote just one hundred percent positivity. There's not a there's you know not a toxic bone in in the body there that's wanting to bring out any of this negativity both you know even day by day and just in streaming in general so i think that's what they need they don't need you know yes yes people that are just going to agree with everything they say and that's yeah. not what the program's about but i think it's just being able to be honest but also just having that positivity you, it just it's something that is uh taken for granted these days and it's rare to find so it's oh, one of the you. reasons um that we all love and i love watching and hanging out in your stream is because of that um that you know the ability to bring together people and have like you know i know you definitely have that comfy <laughs> that comfy stream <laughs> vibe where you can just put the stream on and you can it, it just feels good it feels like you're hanging out with a friend which i think is like the perfect way to to enjoy and, and have a stream when you're playing a game that's about running away from a murderous killer or, <laughs> or something like that Oh, thank you. Yeah, keeping um keeping like a a good sportsmanship um vibe in games, I think is is massively important. So I try to try to try to try to do that as best I can. <laughs> yeah, and you smash it. So I thank fingers you. crossed. I will be your biggest advocate to uh right back for, at to you. make that uh, <laughs> to make that happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's really kind. Um, the the um we've been talking for about an hour now um we have i still have some other stuff if you um yeah, are course. able to keep keep chatting um away to me the one of the big things that i've um been looking at and that i've been kind of wrestling with for the last couple of months is i've been teaching a lot of new people not only on my stream but i've also i don't i think you know this but i've um i taught two of my sisters and my mum to actually play this game uh, now, so we can actually have a full family swift when we uh, when we that. play a Survivor now. <laughs> <laughs> and, I uh, love that. I would say Mama is more obsessed with this game than I am now. So really, um, oh, that is yeah, amazing. Yeah, she she puts more hours in than I do uh, now, <laughs> which is um, quite a <laughs> quite a feat. And uh, obviously, you know, streaming, I love to to help new players out and yeah. um, you know, kind of give them advice and things like that. the The big thing that has stood out for me is. Uh, teaching this uh, the rules, the survivor rulebook or the killer rulebook or the the hidden rules that um, are shown, that are, that are in the game, but they're not in the game. If yes. that makes sense, so the, the unspoken rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um, had a we, we, there was a post online that I saw um, directed to another streamer, but I, I really liked it, so I just kind of wanted to talk about it. Basically. Um, the gap in experience from people who have just started in their first year or people that have been playing since the first year, uh, not ex not necessarily like learning the game's mechanics as in like how to run, how to look behind you, how to kill the players, but actually what we just said, you know, that mindset of survivor rulebook, you have to do yeah. this certain thing, you have to not do this thing um, to enjoy the game or to, to make sure you're not annoying the other side. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but was there from your memories of this game, has the, has it evolved over time since when you first started? Does it, does it kind of feel different now when 
Does it feel like there's more rules, basically? Does it feel like there is more of these unwritten rules that you that you have to go by, or were these always in the game from the very start? Um, a little bit, but it's it's hard to say. I never played Killer until recently. So uh, yep. for the for the first, literally for like the first like three and a half years of me playing the game, I only played Survivor. Um, so kind of everything I knew was from kind of just playing and hoping for the best. And I, I think too, it, it's kind of tricky because if you don't, um, like if, if you don't watch Dead by Daylight on Twitch or on YouTube or anything, if you, if you're only playing the game, I think it's, it's almost tricky to know what these, uh, quote unquote unwritten rules are, um, without really having, um, like anyone, anyone mention it to you or anything like that to it's it's just really really tricky to navigate um i would say they i i think that they have kind of um evolved that more people are aware that like the if you're talking about like unwritten rules of of not tunneling and not camping um and that kind of thing which i think it it makes it so much trickier because they are tactics like at, at the end of the day even though they they are like unwritten rules that you shouldn't do that and, and that kind of thing that it is still a tactic at the end of the day. And it's, it's another one of those like risk versus reward of if you do sit next to a hooked survivor and just wait for them, um, wait, wait for them to die on hook. That is a chance for three other survivors to either escape or to do the gens and escape. And it is at the end of the day, it, it is, it is just another tactic. Um, yeah, true. Which, which makes it a bit tricky, but I would say they have kind of evolved um, a little bit, but it's it's hard to say. I, I try not to do like either of those things because like one, I'm still learning a lot as killer. So I kind of need to try to be everywhere. Um, yep, yep. If I was just to try and camp or something, I'm sure I would, I may get a kill, but that's not really fun. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm not learning as much. I'm just just taking someone out of the game. That's that's really yep. it. I'm not I'm not trying to get into more chases or stop the gens from going or or anything like that. Um, so it's it's a bit of a hard one. What did you think? Well, I pretty much agree with everything that you said, especially the thing about learning. This is the one topic or the one part of it that always frustrates me is that people are never going to learn, and because I'm such a learning like a learner, just yep. in everything, I just want to always be learning something new the day that i stop learning is the day that i stop living basically because i, I always want to yeah. be, be learning something new whether 100%. it's gaming or editing youtube videos or you know learning how to live my life better or whatever it is it, there's always something so i feel like when people don't want to evolve even a tiny little bit and or they don't even know and realize that i, I definitely think there's a lot of um Ignorance is too much, like probably too of a strong word, but there's definitely a lot of um, obliviousness, maybe to use a DVD term, or being yep. oblivious. <laughs> uh, like when it comes to the whole, you know, I've hooked a survivor. I'm trying. I am a killer. I'm trying to kill the survivors. I'm going to kill the survivor because that's my job, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. And the game doesn't do a good job at kind of telling you that. Yes, there are five generators on the map. Yes, there are uh, this, there's, you know, totems on the map, this kind of thing. But the game, I don't think, does a good job at telling you that you kind of got to, you actually have to try and protect these things. It just says to you, you're a killer, go and kill people. Even in the tutorial, your job 
it shows you how to break a pallet. It shows you how to uh, kick a generator, I think. And it shows you how to grab a survivor out of a uh, trap. It shows you how to trap someone. It shows you how to hook someone. Uh, and it shows you how to, like, you know, chase someone and down them. Exactly. So it doesn't really show you too much. And a lot of these rules are the killer, you know, killer rules that have been created by survivors. So this is why when we talk about it, we're probably mostly going to be talking about the the killer side of things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it's, it, it is maybe now the responsibility of the game to, to kind of help with survivors to help learn that. There is no, there is no rule book. There is no way that you have to say you have to do this or you have to do that. But inherently with your play style that you were saying, you try and play as fair as possible, which means that you're automatically, not that you're trying to do it, but you're automatically playing into that false survivor exactly. rulebook that's created because you're playing in a fair way, which is all, all it is if you, if you break it down. A, the survivor rulebook is just playing fairly for the survivors. Yeah. But there is, um, there's kind of no, there's no flip reverse for the, uh, for the killer. So there's no killer rulebook where, saying survivors aren't allowed to do two generators within 30, 30 seconds of each yeah. other because it's too, because it's too hard. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing there for that. But there is one saying, well, you're not allowed to go for the same person who's in your face that's injured in front of you because that's tunneling and it's not fair. Exactly. Where that's the kind of thing where it brings into what you said where it is a, it is a tactic and sometimes you have to make those plays and, yes, even if you are trying to play the most fair that you can, yeah. a survivor will sometimes be the only person that you can find. And mm. it is un- I think it, it can be unjustified to just kind of go off or get annoyed about these whole, uh, you know, the, the rules that have been put in the game that aren't actually rules yeah. just because this, this thing has happened. So basically my question and uh, something that we can kind of um, touch on and, and explore further is, is there a way for the game itself to potentially help with learning these uh, extra rules or is it just something that is a trial by fire and you have to <laughs> you have to just experience and uh, and and get yelled at or you know people get ang- annoyed uh, and deal with yeah that that is a really good question and it's also a very tricky one um, yeah. because sometimes you can be forced to play like that. Um, like in terms of, um, like there will be at just as, as two examples, um, if there is, um, a lobby and three of the survivors are playing the same character dressed the exact same, and you're trying to yep. actively not tunnel, but you just go after the, the one you see, and that is the same person that just got unhooked. You can't really be, you know, called out for tunneling or anything when it was unintentional because you can't, you know, if, if they're all dressed the same and, and everything and the survivor looks the same as the other two, there is no way to tell. Um, exactly, and yeah. then on the on the camping front as well, um, sometimes you can have literally both doors 99 you get a survivor um, and you hook them and you you literally can't go anywhere without throwing the whole game. So there's sometimes you, you literally just kind of have to, I guess like proxy camp in a way because you're you're kind of forced to because the other survivors want to save. So at times there's not really anything that you can do about it and yeah, it, it is yep. just it is just still a tactic um that, that end game one is a little bit different and that's the yeah. only time that i really 
say to people because the people ask me and they're like, well, you know, is is it okay to 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 you know essentially camp or stand in front of the survivor that at the end of the game when the doors are prepped or the doors are being done and you know there's no gens left and I said yes it is because at that point your objective is to kill the survivor like exactly. kill that survivor you know it's not there's nothing left to protect there's no totem mm-hmm. that you need to go and protect as a hex there's no gens that are left you your objective has become to kill that survivor and I say has become that because in my eyes as a killer your objective is to not kill four survivors your objective is to stop five generators from being done and the, the, the doors being powered Exactly. Uh, that is my opinion and that is how I see the game which is why I tend to protect my generators more than potentially going for a kill if mm-hmm. I if I have to or something but I think if more people saw it like that, then they would understand. Okay, objectives are done. Of course, the killer is gonna the the killer is gonna stay at the hook because there's nothing else for them to do. Exactly. Yeah. And then if they're kind of trying to go between two like two two different doors that are close together, that's enough time for the survivors to be able to unhook and then just get the four men escape anyway. So at yeah. that point, it's it's kind of like you you like you may as well just kind of throw the game without you know, being able to stay at the one thing that you know the survivors will try to come back for and that is another survivor. So at times you just kind of, you kind of have to um, just try and forget about the the unwritten rules in circumstances like that. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I think if if the game is fun, like if you, if you had a fun time, if the survivors had a fun time, I think that that is like a massive win in itself. But um, there's... I, I love personally um, like a lot of the new perks that they've just brought out, especially with like the Resident Evil chapter with um, Jill and Leon's perks of being like flashbang and, and blast mine and everything. Um, they are able to kind of prolong the game that that little bit more without yep. you kind of expecting it. Um, so I think honestly more meme perks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> make the game less less serious, and uh, people will stop having all these uh, rules. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't know. It's it's a bit of a tricky one, but I've been getting a lot of value out of the likes of Blast Mine. Um, like as an example, where you know the killer is going to, um, is going to like hook a survivor, come back and kick a gen because they seen you working on it, but little do they know you've actually just popped a Blast Mine on there, and you're already you know over the next the next <laughs> the next map over by the time that they yeah, exactly. get get the yeah. get the pop on it. So I think if they could introduce more more fun perks like that, um it can kind of just automatically shift the game itself. Um, yeah, make that journey more fun rather than the, yeah. the destination of the of the four person escape or the four kills. Make the the actual middle chunk of it, which is what most people fight for and want as well to have that more fun in the middle section so that it doesn't matter if the, yeah. the end result isn't exactly what you wanted, you still manage to to actually uh, actually have some fun in the game, which is, again, what the game yeah. is all about. Uh, I, I, do, I, I agree with that for sure. I think that um, in terms of Dead by Daylight themselves, they have actually implemented things, maybe not to do with the, the rule book per se, but... They have implemented things where you lose blood points as a killer when you when you do stay near a hook survivor now. Yeah. You lose like an emblem state, so it does make it harder to rank up or you don't get as many points because you're not, uh, you know, going and chasing other survivors. Exactly. I think that that's important. Um, 
I don't know, as you said, there's so many different situations and this game is so situational that you can't um you can't write down a rule book because it would be too long. Like there would be exactly. so, too many different situations. My only thoughts is when they do have the they have the settings and they have the um the kind of like brief of what a what a heck what a totem is and what a generator is and you know the survivor guide and the killer guide maybe in there there could just be like a a mention of it even just like a best pra- <laughs> best practices or something yeah. like it's a workplace but like even <laughs> just uh even just it's best to even like a not an FAQ but a um a beginner's guide or something like that where yeah. when you when you go when you're jumping on killer for the first time you go into it and it, it says when when you've hooked a survivor most of the time it's best to go and check for another survivor at a generator or that's it it's, it's best to go and check for uh for survivors near your near your hex totem or something it's not saying you have to go and do this yeah. but i genuinely think there are people out there that as you said they don't watch twitch they don't watch youtube they they get on dead by daylight they play their game and they go into a game of killer and they kill they kill a survivor by getting them on the hook and that's my kill yeah. or vice versa they play survivor they say i don't want to get in chases there's that see that the that generator icon that says 5 i want that down to 0 i want to escape out that door I don't need to interact with the killer. And then, you know, you get the killers saying, you know, boring, you're playing immersed, yeah. you're playing this. And there's, I think, potentially they could introduce something like that. It's not going to happen, but it's, again, goes down yeah. to that whole learning thing of of people need, they need a way that even if there was a link to a YouTube video in the actual settings. Yeah, exactly. And a beginner guide that like Otstava did or, you know, or even one of the devs did have like Matthew Coat play mm. <laughs> play a survivor game and just be like, oh hey, like you know this is normally what you do. I think we did a pretty good job so far. Like, you know, <laughs> he does the he does the yeah. whole meme and it, it couldn't create something. Maybe that will help. Uh, that will it. help people. Yeah, even having like something to do um, in the tutorial of like a pros and cons of like sure you can you can camp this one survivor, but this is what happens, you know, for it happening that one survivor is dead, but you don't get any more, like, any more blood points or anything because they weren't hooked three times prior to their death or that you can't can't hit uh, particular emblem things without needing to try and, like, work out each one by itself that they actually just kind of have pros and cons around different play styles. I think that could be, that could be really neat as well. Um, But it's, it is, it is a bit of a tricky one because you do have, like, the some of the perks that can counter them. Like, you have the likes of Unbreakable Soul Guard if you're, you know, if, you, if you've been slugged or um, Borrowed Time if the, the killer is hanging around the hook or, like, anything like that. So that there is perks, but in terms of, like, knowing where to find what is what, – what can be frowned upon um, yeah, yeah. in the game is, is another thing. So – yeah, maybe like maybe a pros and cons thing in the in the tutorial of like just different play styles. Um, I kind of I kind of like that well. idea. Yeah, yeah, just it'd to be give fun. people a little bit more information. Not saying you have to play a certain way or you have to do this. Just the fact that it can it can help them make more decisions. Because I've been going against. Um, I'll ask you a little bit about your MMR experience since if you played since the update. But basically, 
since the the new skill based matchmaking has come into the game, my first couple of days I've actually gone back to killer now a little bit more than I have in previous times. Uh, I wanted to try out some uh, killer because you know playing my main killer, I wanted to see what it would be like playing wraith and who I would be going against because that's the killer I have the most time in. Yeah, and um, I'm playing against a lot of survivors that I already know, the ones that I normally played against. So my matchmaking is very good. It's putting me against people that I should be playing against. But I'm also experiencing some of the the hardest games because I've taken off that gen regression and because I'm uh, playing against teams of three and four that are you know very efficient with um, with what they're doing and they're not memeing around you know they're just getting in there to to get gens done and, and get out. But um, I've noticed that when I switch to Survivor, I'm actually uh, I'm actually experiencing a lot more of the tunnely and campy style that i haven't actually experienced a lot of uh before the school based matchmaking uh where killers are you said borrow time you know you get the borrow time hit the killer runs uh, you know oh hits that person oh they've got borrowed time they switch to another survivor i'm noticing a lot of hit the borrowed time hit continue to go for that person down them again don't care about decisive strike hit them again <laughs> hook them again yeah. and it's just it's like a an active and a knowledgeable like tunnel of a, of one person mm. rather than it seems like they're doing it they know what they're doing it's not like a oh they they're on short like you know that's just how they think the game is yeah it feels it's like it's like a, a an intentional thing so i don't know if you've experienced any of that kind of stuff in your survivor games or um anything lately since the new matchmaking yeah, I have only played Survivor since match since since the MMR has yeah. um has been in effect like since Thursday Thursday right yeah Thursday yeah, um, yeah. I've I've only played Survivor and that was also in Swift on Saturday um, okay, yeah. so I haven't played like solo or anything yet to know um to kind of know if how how it'll be or how I don't I don't really know how Swift can affect um like how the MMR would would go if it just kind of like levels out it, or anything. It averages out over whoever's in your team. So if you have uh, people with two with low MMR and two with a high MMR, right. it will probably give you a medium. If you have three low and then one high, it will uh, it'll probably put you on the lower um, the lower end of the the spectrum. Con- considering compared to the high. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. It was. It's. It's. It's still a little bit tricky to say. On Saturday, some of the games were – it was kind of hit and miss. Some of them went, like, really well. Um, and then other times it was, like, you had to kind of, like, really focus to um, to be able to. So I, I, th- I think for the most part, though, um, it's it's going to be really good. I'm a little bit worried to see what my – what my killer MMR will be, um, <laughs> and to see how that how that goes. But um, Survivor, um, it it wasn't too bad so far. But I do want to give it some more time and like a couple of weeks and stuff to see how it does balance out. Because ultimately, the the longer it's you know the the longer it's going, the more accurate it should be. Um, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I I hope that it should um it should level out and be you know still still lots of fun in games, but not. You know, you you need to try and just smash out five gens in escape. Otherwise, there's no way you're making it out, kind of thing. I st- I still hope it's still, um, still st- still a good a good mix of fun, and um that 
added competitiveness into it as well to to try and win too. So I, I hope it stays like a good mix of both. But um, yeah, I want to give it some more time before. Of course, kind yeah, of, it's very yeah, early on. yeah, that's it, and that's tricky too. And I, th- I think that that's important to remember is that the algorithm can only go off so much information without it being, you know, in effect and more get get more accurate the longer it goes. So. And there's yeah. so much it has to take into account. You know, we a smaller region. There's different queue times. There's different amount of players compared to the NA and the EU servers. Exactly. You know, we have a, a smaller player base, so it's not going to be as accurate, probably as it should be, depending on what it does take into account when it is looking for the matchmaking. Uh, you know, I've been experiencing quite um, quite long queue times sometimes when I'm playing Killer because. Uh, you know, it's a high MMR and maybe there's not as many people playing with a high MMR at that point. I know during the day, some of my friends have been uh, experiencing like 15, 20 minute queues with their main killer because uh, killer queues are usually slowish during the day anyway. But um, yeah, they've been adding on like an extra 10 minutes because there's not as many survivors in their their bracket to to go against them. So uh, I think it, it definitely is showing a difference in... People that maybe don't know that they're, that they're kind of like doing these unwritten rule things compared to people that do. Because I think people in a higher MMR bracket would know the way that the game, you know, the, the most fair way the game is meant to be played. But, um, you know, we'll use it as a strategy and a tactic, which against a full survivor team, a full swift, where the, this team is very, very good. You know that they're, they're all capable of chases, they're all capable of gens and... Uh, all of that, then, you know, it's a, it's a tactic and it probably has to be done, to be honest, to give the killer uh, some sort of chance at even um, keeping up with a, a really good Swift. But with the, those, there's definitely those killers, again, just to reiterate, that I see where I know that they're, they're just the type of person, they're either someone that doesn't care about the other, the other side at all, which, who, who are we? We can't force them <laughs> to yeah. care about the other side. They, you know, they just play simply for themselves. And as a killer, like I was saying before, when I first started DVD, that is, you know, that is what it is. Killer is just you. If exactly. you forget the other side and you think, okay, well, I'm just the killer and I need to do what I need to do, then you're probably still going to have a lot more fun. And if you have the end game chat off, if you play on P- PS4 or console where you don't have the end game chat and you just, you know, you don't get any messages from survivors or anything like that, then you're still really going to enjoy yourself. So I've, I found that um, the, that rule book and uh, everything, you can probably, for the most part, if you just play fairly and if you think, I think what you said said it best, where if you think that you've played a fair and fun game or if you flip yourself to the other side and think, okay, if I played a killer that played like this and I was playing Survivor, would I have had fun? And if the answer is yes to that, then I think uh, that you're doing a good job. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. At the end of the day, if everyone's having fun, which is why, why we all do play games, then it's just going to be a fun time for everyone, whether or not you know like the the, the unwritten rules in for Survivor and Killer, um, that it's just, it'll, it'll just be a good time for everyone. Exactly. So I guess in summary, hopefully maybe there's like a, pro- it would be cool to see a pros and cons thing. Your idea, I would like to see that come into the game at some point, just to give some sort of um, some sort of idea, and even just putting the idea in someone's head that okay, maybe I can change my playstyle up a bit 
maybe I'm, I'm sick of only getting the one kill and getting frustrated at myself because I'm only getting one kill. Like, what can I do to get better? Maybe a link to a YouTube video or something like that in their, uh, in their um, in-game explanations of everything uh, or potentially bringing in certain, um, certain penalties to, um, to blood points. Because I find, as we said before, this is mostly killer killer aimed because you know just the main killer gripes that that they have is you know flashlights being clicked at them and you know survivors teabagging up and down and yeah and that kind of stuff <laughs> and while while that is frustrating to to see when you're playing killer most of the time i would say it's actually not done uh, out of uh, toxicity it's a lot of the time a good survivor is doing that because they're trying to they're trying to get under your skin a little bit and they're trying to distract you and make you chase them because they're a strong player in the game yeah. and it, it works a lot of the time. But then when basically they get baited into a, a, a strong chase, then that's when the killer often will you know struggle with the rest of the game because they just get hell-bent on getting this one person, exactly. which also then leads to another situation where you know they might be <laughs> like, yep, I've got my prey, I'm... Uh, and camping this person out till the end of the game. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> all of yeah. that rigmarole happens. So. That's it. And it's, I think, too, it's important to remember that if a survivor is, um, is like, actively clicking the, clicking the flashlight at you, trying to get you to chase them, um, while they're doing that, they're not, they're not progressing the game at all. Exactly. So you can use that to your advantage. I generally won't chase anyone that, <laughs> that, is, that is doing that. I'll be like, nope, okay, you're not on a gen. That is not not a worry for me at the moment and then I'll just continue on my way to go and like go and go and check another gen or see anything like that because chances are they're going to keep following me to try to get me into a chase and unless they unless they're right in front of me I I generally like won't I just try to try to not pay any attention to it <laughs> um and then just keep on my way because that's one less survivor doing gens at that point so can kind of work I think out well. Sadly, you'll, you'll, that means you'll never chase me then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that little, that little annoying clicky shit that's just like, hey, come, come and follow me. Please. Chase me. <laughs> come and chase me. I, I've been saying that. I don't think we've actually ever, I don't think we've ever played against each other before. I don't think so. We uh, need to make it happen. I watched you play against Miss Granny Bacon the other day. Um, and that was hilarious because I was watching both streams. Oh, yeah. And, um, that was when I was, was playing Killer, was cool. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was yep. cool to see that. Um, but then I thought I was like, Granny and I, Miss Granny Bacon and I, are like you know, both solid survivors. I feel like I should have got Val in my my game at some point. But I still, for the for as, for as much as I can remember, I don't. I feel like we've never got in a game with each other. So yeah. I gotta try and uh, I gotta try and not snipe your game to, to get a new game. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um. One thing that we uh, that we like to do, I feel like we kind of like smash that topic. It it is a hard one to to kind of talk about mm. in terms of what's right and what's wrong because there's no real correct answer. That's it, it's yeah. all based on how you play the game and how seriously you take the game or casually you take the game. So, um, you know, as long as people are having fun, like you said, then that's the main thing. Um, I do like to talk about the shrine that's um, the current shrine that's in the. Uh, oh yeah. Um, the the daily shrine is what I'm trying to say. The weekly shrine <laughs> uh, that has all the perks in it. So um, I don't know if you like that's the, normally that's the last thing we go over. So if you um, want to just like go over those 
perks with me. We can we yeah, just have a little chat about them, see if they're worth getting. Because uh, I think again, uh, with another another thing, it's always nice. It's hard to know what um, what's useful in the shrine if you if you're a casual player that maybe doesn't play as much. Yeah, you you might not know that this perk's actually quite good or or bad or goes actually well with um, another one. So um, your you know, contrary to what I did think, <laughs> you're playing. You know, you you've got more experience with Survivor. So, um, I guess did you wanna did you wanna kind of like touch on the the Survivor perks? The first one being um, Botany Knowledge. Yeah. So a Claudette perk. A Claudette perk, yeah. Inc- uh, increasing healing speeds and the efficiency of med kits. It's it's a good perk. Um, but I think generally, um, Claude is like one of the first one of the first survivors that I had like put blood points into as well so i uh, really i i wouldn't grab that only based on her being one of the first characters i put my blood points into so it was one of the first teachables to unlock um but it is a free character as well exactly yeah yeah. you don't have to you don't have to pay for anything exactly it is it is a good perk though it is a good perk i don't tend to see it ran too often anymore honestly um, it's actually one of my favorite perks in the game, um, really? botany knowledge, because I'm a uh, I'm a selfish care gamer, so <laughs> I, uh, I I'm a self care and botany knowledge uh, perk runner. So on if I, if you go to my survivor page and you click through every build, I have pretty much for the most part the most identical looking builds ever. I have the exact same build on all 27 survivors. <laughs> I that love I that. Have. Uh, which includes self-care and botany knowledge. I used to play a lot of solo queue. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, really helpful for solo queue because uh, you actually get a 33% faster heal speed on mm. your self-care. That's so massive. It's, um, it takes your self-care from being 50% to um, about 80%. So you actually only heal 20% slower than you would if a survivor is healing you. Uh, and I believe it's 16 seconds for a survivor to heal a um, another survivor fully. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's around that. Or, or is it eight, eight seconds? Uh, it's it's one of the. I think I thought it was eight seconds for two and 16 seconds for one, but basically it takes me about 20, just over 20 seconds or 20 seconds to heal myself from injured to to fully healed with self care and botany knowledge, and that 20 seconds that someone has saved from healing me means that that's 20 seconds they could have cleansed the totem or put 20 seconds into a generator and not had to worry about me. So um, I definitely think that botany knowledge is worth uh, unlocking on Claudette, but as you said, <laughs> probably not worth uh, unlocking from the shrine yeah. unless you have heaps of um, shards just lying around where you don't know what to exactly. use them with and you don't want to put the points into Claude. Um, yeah. The other one is no mither. Good old so no mither. The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bit of a uh, bit of a meme perk, you would say. Yeah. Uh, to run, it's a it's a perk that as um as content creators we we get thrown a lot. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, especially yep. combined with a with a bit of self care in of there or, or something, or a bit of for the people <laughs> where you, where you completely can't use any of your perks. Exactly. Um, this is a this is David's perk. What would you say about um what was this? How's this one in your eyes? Um, I like it because it is such a meme perk. <laughs> Um, it I, I often find 
that the main time I get slugged is when I have no mither, which is one of the most <laughs> ironic things in the world. It's I don't know what it is, but for some reason I get slugged more often than not when I have no mither. Um, and I'm often just able to get just get straight back up and, and just run away again. So I, I don't know what it is about that perk, but I'm like, do they do they realize I'm I'm running no mither? <laughs> yeah. I could I could I could just keep getting back up all day. <laughs> exactly. It's it's so funny, isn't it, when you are <laughs> when you have a, a killer run uh you hit you and down you with and you have no mither <laughs> yeah. and then they leave you on the ground and you think okay they surely they're not gonna they're not gonna slug me they're not gonna leave me on the ground that's it oh and they've left me on the ground <laughs> and, and, back up. <laughs> and i'm back up and you're like well that person hopefully will will, will never do that ever again but um <laughs> you're never too sure that's it um, basically <laughs> um, if you're wondering what no mither does uh, it suppresses your bleeding, so you're injured the whole entire game. So you're broken. So when you play against Plague and she vomits on you, and she, you get that little uh, broken symbol on you, meaning you can't heal. Uh, basically, you are injured. You're permanently injured for the whole entire game, but you don't bleed. So there are some upsides to it. Yeah. Um, you also at the highest tier, tier three, you have a fifty percent reduced uh, grunt of in your grunts of pain. So it's basically like a an iron will kind of um, yeah, pops in into one. there or a half iron will. I normally run iron will when I run no mither anyway, just to completely be silent because if you're running, especially if you're running this on like David or Jeff or something, they are quite loud survivors yes. and uh, <laughs> hearing them moan the whole entire game is, is not the most fun time. No. And uh, as you said, you can completely recover from the dying state. So running um, no mither with like no mither... Even um, you know, soul. Even having a soul guard or uh, unbreakable in there, just yeah. so you can, um, you know, get that recovery up as fast as possible. Even add flip flop in there, maybe if they uh, if they do leave you slugged for a little bit, and um, and doing some meme stuff. I wouldn't really go out of your way to get it no. from the shrine once again. I would because neither. David is a character that you can get. Uh, David's just a character that you can get from uh, the 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 free game anyway. Exactly. But, um, and chances it's are a, he's already half. Yeah, that's it. He's he's already like half leveled up mostly anyway for like when you try to get dead hard. Yeah, um, we're gonna live forever. Like yeah. you know, he, he, David's super he's got some solid, good perks. So yeah. If you haven't, um, I would. Well, both of us would suggest putting some time, putting some points into David. Yeah. Because his teachables are, are quite good. Um, now the killer perks. These two perks are, one is kind of useful, and then one is um, a little bit. I wouldn't say Mimi, but just a little less useful. The first one's yeah. surveillance. So uh, this is a um, a pig perk. So yeah. basically when you uh, kick a generator or a generator is regressing, uh, it gets highlighted in white. And then if that um, progress is interrupted, the regression that is, it'll go yellow for a, um, a certain amount of time, 16 seconds at the highest tier. Um, I actually didn't know that surveillance increases the the audible range of survivors' yeah. generator repair noises by eight meters. I actually didn't. I didn't. I don't either. think I knew that. I didn't. <laughs> so know. That's interesting. That, that's quite interesting. So not only I, I, it actually makes sense as to why I've seen some people run it, but no, never kick generators. It mm. just means that they have to. They don't have to get that that close to hear if the generator is being worked on. They can save those extra eight meters. In, and if a generator is not being worked on, then they can just move on to a next, a next area. So um, 
That's actually quite interesting. This perk is really, really good to be run with something like Ruin. Uh, I would say it, it works the best with Ruin because you don't have to actually do any do anything when you kick a generator. If you just push a survivor off, the gen turns white and then it will go yellow and you instantly know that there's someone back on there. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it is a decent perk. I don't tend to run surveillance pretty much at all, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm... if you're not running gen regression, you're probably not going to run... Um, surveillance unless you're doing like the adept. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's it's not too bad of a perk. I don't know if I would go out of my way to grab it though from the shrine. Um, maybe if if I had just like leftover shards looking to spend, I might, but probably not if it's like, well, it's this or it I could get something next week. I yeah, for, exactly. for me personally, I would I would hold off. Um, if unless I, I think had if you've been looking, shards. if you've been looking for something if you feel like something's missing from your killer build and you're already running like your ruin on dying or even even pop can still be useful if you feel like something's missing from your build i think surveillance could be something that helps you because at the very least it's going to give you uh, a bit of information once you've kicked the generator to know that a survivor's going back um and at the very very least it's going to give you that that, that audible range increase of the <laughs> yeah. generators being repaired that's uh, it but yeah, I would probably say save your shards. This um, this shrine seems like a bit of a save your shards kind of week. Yeah. Uh, Pig doesn't have um, the greatest uh, other perks, so I wouldn't say going for Pig as a whole entire character because usually, you know, I would suggest purchasing a character uh, all out instead of going for one of their perks because the rest of their perks are quite good. Yeah. But um, I mean, she she does have make your choice. I love I think, Make Your Choice. And uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's quite good. Um, I've actually been seeing Make Your Choice work in a way that it's not, it not necessarily means that you get to down that survivor, but it puts that survivor into like a state of panic for the, yes. that, next, that next amount of time. So usually they stop doing everything and they hide and that in itself is already working with you because they're, exactly. they're not doing anything. Exactly, yeah. I tend to run Make Your Choice more on Ghostface than anything, yep. to be honest. <laughs> you can get sneaky and, uh, and sneak up Very once, sneaky. They're, uh, once they've got it on them. Um, I was watching Geef play as well. He, he runs it on Blight and basically ah, he, um, yeah. he, he said he doesn't get a lot of insta-downs with it, but what he does is he gets insta-pallets get thrown because people are scared of getting hit and he's able to move around the map so quickly that he can like get rid of a chunk of pallets because people are scared of taking that hit. So I was exactly. actually like, oh, that's actually quite a <laughs> quite a smart usage yeah, of, uh, that's of that great. Um, of the perk. I love that. Um, <clears throat> the last perk is Knockout. So this is a, uh, a Bubba or Cannibal um, perk. This is probably one of my least favorite perks in the game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan <laughs> uh, be of it. Because it hurts my ears when it happens. <laughs> uh, it does that weird like muted... Oh, kind I of hate sound it. Thing. <laughs> I hate that sound. Um, basically, basically, when a survivor runs knockout, when they put you into a dying state with a basic attack, uh, your aura is not revealed to any survivor that's um, further than uh, 16 meters, um, 32 meters, or 24 meters, depending on the, the tier of the perk. So basically, you can't see the survivor that's lying down on the ground, so you have no idea where they've gone down. So if they've gone down near you and you're further than 16 meters away from them, then you're not going to know yeah. where they are. Uh, so for that next 15 seconds, the dying survivor suffers from a decreased field of view 
uh, and the blindness status effect and crawls 50% slower. Now, this is, as we were saying, the decreased field of view, it does like this weird... Yeah. <laughs> this weird like, like explosion that yeah, kind of happens. Like the, the screen, it feels like the screen kind of like pulsates, like the, the blood yep. around it. Um, and the, yeah, this, the sound is, is not sound pleasant. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's not, not <laughs> to at say all. the least. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of works well against, um, against a Swift. If you think that, that, you know, if a Swift is on comms and is telling you where it's trying to tell someone where they've gone down, the fact that you, uh, you get that blindness and that you crawl slower, potentially yeah. stops you from crawling to a pallet or something. I know that there's some killers out there that do run knockout simply, uh, two counter swifts, basically, um, meaning that they try and go for you know slugging builds where they slug all the survivors, and um, it's harder to pick up your your teammates and everything when you don't know where they are on the ground. Yeah. So I, I don't really this perk is, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a meme to be honest. It's it it doesn't really have much practical use in mm. a in a normal game. To be honest, most people that I see run this are, are playing in a pretty uh, less than ideal way yeah. <laughs> from my experiences, and uh, it's a very aggressive perk. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the best way to sum it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say this is a not get. This is a don't even don't even yeah. think twice. Uh, I would say I would get this, even though this comes from a killer that is a uh, a killer you have to purchase as a licensed killer. I would honestly say get. Botany knowledge or no mither over knockout. If yeah. you will, if you like, had to spend your shards this week and get a, a perk from the shrine, I would. Yeah, I, it would probably be one of the last perks that I would uh, that I would get. In saying that, though, if you do enjoy a slugging build where, where you like to put a bunch of survivors <laughs> on the ground, then it's probably the perfect. <laughs> probably the perfect. <laughs> That's perk. it. <laughs> That's it. Oh man. So, yeah, not a not a super good shrine this week, but. Uh, it can't always be good, you know? Exactly. We've had some good shrines. We've had Ruin in the shrine last week, and um, Decisive Strike's been in there recently, I'm pretty sure, as well. Um, but yeah, you know, we got to have, we got to go through mountains and pages and pages of perks. So they can't 100%. always have the good ones in there. Now, from the start, is there anything that you are, is there any kind of like sneak preview or kind of hints that you can? give if you haven't given away any information Ooh. about your uh about your cosplay you don't have to it doesn't have to be too uh obvious it can be cryptic but um, um is there anything maybe that you can spice up a little bit Ooh, um <laughs> hmm the best thing i don't want to give, give, i don't want you to give too much away that's okay um i believe that every cosplay i have planned that um like should be should be recognized like as in like they they're not like super obscure. Okay. Um, yep. like, you know, just some random person that was yeah. briefly in the background of a movie somewhere. <laughs> so, so, something. Yeah. Um, and there is um one thing in particular that was 3D printed and was about 110 hours worth of printing wow. and oh. about 40 hours of painting. Um, and that's only one of the the two things that will be um, to do with to do with one of the cosplays. Okay, so I'm so when we stop <laughs> recording, I'm so asking you 
Uh, sorry, asking you what this what this is, but that sounds <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love three um, D printing. Do you, so you have a three D printer at home? Do you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's my partner's. So, cool. so he does yeah. most of the like the the printing um, and like keeping it running and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yep, yep. And I do all the all the painting side of it and and all that. Oh, so it, it blows my mind. My friend has a three D <laughs> printer, and he's he's created some really really cool things and uh, and painted them. And it it's uh, it is the way of the future, isn't it? The three the three D printing. It's awesome. It's so much fun. Uh, is there anything else that you uh, th- we pretty much reached everything that we had to talk about today? Is there anything else that you wanted to ask me or that you um, had on your mind at all, dead by daylight related or anything? Or um, you've uh, happy I, to happy to end there. Um, I guess for one last final question would be, what licensed chapter would you like to see? <laughs> oh, see, I am the fake fan because I am not a real horror fan. <laughs> horror, horror is like my—I uh, guess it's not my—it's not my go-to in terms of um, movies and things that I watch. Yeah. But I think, in from thinking about the killer perspective of what I would have liked to see in the game, every time I bring up a shapeshifter killer, everyone says to me, "Oh, so like the thing." <laughs> so I think that I think I've never seen the thing. I've never experienced anything about it. But I think if it was going to be a licensed thing or a licensed uh, chapter, I reckon the thing would be pretty cool to see because I would like to see some sort of shape shifting, yeah, uh, cool. shape shifting killer or something that changes uh, the the look of the killer or, or something like that. Because yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm a fake fake horror fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wicked. <laughs> What about you? What's your what's your like big big dream? Oh, mine will always be. I've I've kind of I've been saying this for like a year now, and I don't know why I'm so set on it. <laughs> but I am dying for an Until Dawn chapter. I would yes. love that so much. A Wendigo? Yes, a Wendigo specifically like they are in Until Dawn, where they um they you they they kind of rely more on the sound. So yep. like yep. sounds would be quite amplified, and that they could leap for things. Um, I yep. think it would be fun too, but um, the the view of the map and that may be kind of like obscured or um, kind of like you have to kind of rely more on like sound and um, would be so something cool. like something like that for it for until dawn. I think would be would be amazing, and it would kind of be very 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 different than everything we've gotten from other killers so far. Yeah, well, I love Until Dawn, so there you go. I'm not a fake horror fan. <laughs> uh, so thank you, you saved me there. Uh, <laughs> no, I um, I think it's cool because we saw Pinhead and we saw the different mechanics with the box. And when you play against Pinhead, it doesn't even feel like DVD sometimes. Exactly. It feels like a, a bit of a different game. So the Wendigo idea is is really cool. And definitely, we've already, you know, Spirit is heavily reliant on sound when... Uh, using her phase and things like that so there's already mechanics in the game that can potentially you know ways that they can amplify sound with strider and things like that so the mechanics are in the game so maybe yeah i, mean, I can hope maybe they can <laughs> that, that's what i actually really i'm i'm on board with that so it'd be so I, um, much fun <laughs> I, I would love to because there's heaps of survivors that you can use as well like literally a whole cast yeah. uh, of survivors that can come from that game too so exactly uh there's some real cool people in that and there's some real bitches in that. I'm not going to lie. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emily, I'm looking at you. That's 
it. <laughs> we just need Sam. Sam as yeah, the as exactly. a survivor would be amazing. <laughs> the sweetest. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, I'm I'm so happy we get to to end on that note because uh, it's been such a pleasure to be able to speak to you. I've wanted to do this for so long ever since uh, uh, we thought of uh, Quixie and I thought of the uh, the whole podcast idea. You were um, I think that um, you were the Potentially the first person that we that we oh actually thought of um, that we wanted to that we wanted to have on. So oh, it's been you know so cool. 10, 10 or nine episodes now, but we've uh, we've I'm I'm super happy that I've finally managed to to take up some of your time and uh, and get to chat with you. No, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Uh, but yeah, thank you. I'll just yeah, thank continue to say thank you because it's always it always means a lot to me when people want to come on here and talk about themselves, but um, also um, Dead by Daylight. So, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to, to catching your streams. Um, I'll keep all your all your links and everything. Do you do um, any YouTube stuff at the moment or just Twitch? What's, um, your, what's your focus? A little bit. So dabbling in YouTube and TikTok as well. Um, okay. but yeah, Twitch, Twitch is the main one at the moment. Um, I've just kind of fallen a bit behind with on the, on the TikTok and YouTube front with everything, trying to get everything ready for Halloween and everything. So yep. it is a bit tricky, okay, but cool. hoping to, hoping to jump back onto the, the, the TikTok and YouTube stuff soon. <laughs> just awesome. don't want to fall well, I'll behind. I'll make sure, <laughs> I'll make sure people go and, uh, and check you out everywhere. And, uh, if you haven't before, please go and make sure you go and check out Val, uh, you will not be disappointed. I can 100% vouch and uh, and guarantee that you'll have a good time. So thank you so much again, Val. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, hopefully we get to chat soon. Thank you so much. You too. It's been so much fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for taking a trip into the fog with us this week. Make sure to go and check out Val on Twitch. And feel free to send an email or tweet with your thoughts of the new skill-based matchmaking or pinhead release. Until next week. May the fog treat you well and all your games end with closing a hatch in the survivor's face.